You're listening to the Here We Read podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating diverse and inclusive books for kids and adults. I'm your host, Sharnay Gordon, your fellow reader and book lover. I can't believe that we're almost at the end of our second season. This is the second to last show before we go on summer break in June and July with the return in late August. While we're on break, you can still catch up on any shows that you may have missed. Today, we're chatting books with Nadia Odunayo, founder and CEO of The Storygraph. The Storygraph is a website that helps you track your reading and choose which book to read next. Nadia previously worked at Pivotal Labs as a software engineer and originally learned to code at Makers Academy in London. So after a brief word from my kids and an update on a book they've recently read and a few bookish headlines, you'll hear from Nadia Odunayo. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. Hi, Madison. Hi. Today, what book are we talking about? Zuri Ray, Prize Ballet. By? Tammy Charles. Sharon Sorda. Awesome. All right. So Zuri Ray tries ballet. This one publishes on June 15th. And Madison, you want to read a few pages just to give people an idea of what the book is about? Yes. All right. Go ahead. Zuri especially loved trying anything new with Jesse Cullen for BFFD. That's Best Friend from Dyson. Zuri and Jesse took turns choosing activities, and they always thought each other's ideas were super cool. But then, ballet can't happen. A whole week of it, on their way to the first class. Jesse promised, it'll be fabulous, darling. Dad agreed. Don't worry, just be yourself. Zuri felt nervous, but she was ready for the challenge. Thank you, Madison. Yeah, this book is so adorable. Again, it's called Zuri Ray Tries Ballet. And it's basically talking about happiness comes from staying true to yourself. Publishing June 15th. Thanks for listening. Bye. For this week's bookish headlines, it's with a heavy heart that I have to talk about the passing of literary legends, Eric Carl and Lois Alert. Eric Carl died on May 23rd in Northampton, Massachusetts. He was 91 years old. Eric Carl created more than 70 books for young readers, and his titles have sold more than 170 million copies around the world. He will truly be missed. 
I was also sorry to hear about the passing of Lois Alert, who died just two days after Eric Carle on May 25th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, of natural causes. She was 86. Lois was best known for illustrating the popular children's book, Chicka Chicka Boom Boom. That's it for this week's Bookish Headlines. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm really excited because we have a guest who's not an author or an illustrator. Today, I'm joined by Nadia Oduayo. Nadia is the creator of The Story Graph. If you've ever heard of it before, um, you know a little bit about The Story Graph. And if you haven't, you're about to learn all about it. Nadia, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Yes, of course. All right. Why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, family life, where you grew up, all of that kind of stuff. Okay, awesome. So I am from London in the UK. That's where I was born. Um, and Northwest London area, for anyone who knows, is where I grew up. And um, at school, my mom got me into reading from a from a very young age. Um, I have a younger brother and sister. There's like a couple of years in between each of us, my brother being the youngest. And my mom got me into reading a lot when I was younger. And so throughout school, I've always I've always been interested in books. And generally academically, I think I've been interested in like all the subjects. So even though I loved English and reading, I was, um, I loved maths. I was very mathematical. Um, I loved science. For a long time, I thought I was going to go to university and do engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, I love languages, still learning my French every day today. So I've always been quite a generalist in like the academic sense, which is what led me to um, take the international baccalaureate in um, before what the Americans call college, what we call university, um, so I could do more subjects. So um, it was actually doing um, the international baccalaureate where I fell in love with economics. Mm-hmm. And my degree ended up being philosophy, politics and economics at Oxford in the UK. And again, that was perfect for me because I could just explore so many things um it was around two, 2008 was when i started studying economics so um it was the financial crisis was happening all this obama stuff was kicking off so all politics current affairs that was very exciting and so yeah. that led me down that's when i started to move from the more science and math side to the social science polit- politics current affairs history element and all throughout all of this i'm always reading i'm always reading novels i was always part of book clubs at school and essentially, I thought I was going to go down the finance route. That's the route I was kind of um, following because my background had been one of like, you know, it was from a poorer background. So, you know, my parents didn't have much. And so um, I was always it had my mind of I need to go into like a high paying career. And so right. banking was what I was following. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, there's a I ended up meeting lots of entrepreneurial people, be feeling that I was quite entrepreneurial and creative. And uh, I ended up going down the software track instead. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit about me. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's awesome. I also come from a software IT background as well. Um, so so cool. All right. Why don't you start talking about what is the story graph for people who may not have heard of it before? 
Okay, so the Story Graph is the place to help you track your reading and choose your next book to read based on your mood or any topics or themes that you're interested in. So at the heart of the product is this concept of, you know, how does a book make you feel? Um, are you yeah. in the mood for something lighthearted and funny? Or do you want something a bit more emotional or maybe sad? You know, some people seek sad books. Do you want a book where the characters, um, you fall in love with the characters or you've got an unreliable narrator? And so at the heart of this, heart of the the, the product is a powerful recommendation system where not only do we categorize books differently and also allow our users to review books differently so that we can make our um, machine learning algorithms richer, um, you can also specify the kind of tropes you want to read, the kind of authors you're looking to read. And so um, essentially helping you discover the, the perfect books for you. And because we apply the same kind of technology against things like your to read pile and the books you own, we enable you to choose the best books for you to read, even if it's books that you're already aware of and you, you know, you've got all these books at home and you just want to start working your way through them. Um, so that's like in a nutshell what the story graph is about, just helping you choose your next perfect book. Um, yeah. And we, we've got a lot of other, we're doing a lot of, it's been running now for, for a couple of years. We launched officially at the beginning of January of this year, 2021. But essentially at the heart of all that we do is customer research. So I'm constantly talking to users to really build something that readers love and find value from. Yeah. And I love this whole concept of using your mood to determine what you should read next. I think that's such a cool idea. Why did you decide to choose moods over something else? So this comes down to the whole customer research piece. So when the story graph started, um, I, I wasn't setting out to build a big book startup or, you know, a Goodreads replacement as we're being billed these days. Um, I just wanted to build an, a nice little app to go alongside Goodreads because I was a Goodreads user, had been using it for eight years. And right. I just wanted to build a little companion app that would enable me to... Um, track my own private reading lists, maybe share them with a friend, um, just little groups of books that maybe this is my best friend has rated all of these books five stars. I want to read them all. Or if I want to know about this topic, I've been told that these are the books to read. So I just wanted like a little um, app where I could hook in Goodreads shelves, create my own ones, because on Goodreads, at, at, at the time at least, the lists that you create, if you weren't creating a shelf, the lists were all public and collaborative and there wasn't a way to have this private or just share with one or two friends. Right. Um, but then when I built a, an early version of that and started showing that to people, the response was kind of like, oh, this is cool. Um, but I realized at that point, because at that point I didn't, I, I wasn't working, a startup thing that I'd been doing beforehand had fallen apart. And while working on this prototype, I, I, I felt so alive and had, I had so much fun that it hit me that, ah, all this whole time I should have been working in books like there's all the other various things I've done project management tools like so many other different ventures I'd been a part of or started and it was the yeah. first time I really felt the what they call like the founder product fit and so it was at that point where I was like well if I want to actually make this not just a side project and be my main thing I actually need to build something people need mm. and so that's when I just started talking to readers and I just said you know what kind of problems do you have in the book space and I realized, I, or I learned rather, that discovery and recommendations were still a pain point, you know, and I hesitated, you know, this is, we've got big companies trying to solve this and have been for years. Right. What, what business do I have trying to attempt it? But I, but I said, okay, let me just keep doing research. And so that's when I, I, I was getting um, 
involved in the books community on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started reading how people were talking about the books that they had just read and the books they wanted to find next. And I started seeing a pattern of, oh, I've just read this book. It made me feel uplifted. It made me feel so happy. What other books can make me feel this way? You know, there was a lot of that. And the right. other thing that I kept on seeing was this phrase of a mood reader coming up. People mm. say, I'm such a mood reader. I'm reading five different books, but yeah, I don't feel like picking up any of them right now. Or I'm in a reading slump. I don't feel like any of the books on my shelf. Right. I wish I could find the perfect book. That I'm trying to, you know, get to this particular type of feeling, but I don't know what it is. Mm. And that's how I said, okay, I need to explore this mood thing because it seems like there's, there, there's none of the apps out there right now have this dimension. And yet it's in the language which people are using to talk about books. And so when you asked me, like, how did I choose it? It was more like it kind of, I kind of discovered it by like research. Mm, that's so great. Okay, walk me through how the story graph works. Is it free? Do you have membership options? Is it for adult books only currently or children's books, teens? You know, wh what is, walk me through, I'm a new user. Mm -hmm. I want to start using the story graph. What do I do? Okay, so I'll walk you through like the new user journey and then I'll give you the high level. This is like how it works in terms of like membership or who who it's for. So okay. you're a new user. You yes. you sign up, you, you choose your username and we ask you straight away, do you want to import your Goodreads? So we have, we knew, you know, people have been using Goodreads for, you know, a number of years, some like, you know, 10, over 10 years. Um, and to to tell someone like, you lose all that history. It's kind of a non-starter. So we have a Goodreads importer and we will say, hey, go upload your file here and we'll work we'll work away on that. And then we say, do you want to tell us a bit about your reading preferences? So it's a it's a short survey. Mm -hmm. And in the survey, you check a few boxes about um, the kind your, the kind of genres you like to read the most, um, the kind of characteristics you like in a book. So are you all about strong character development? Do you like plot twists? We have a few criteria. And then there's that free text box where you can say, hey, I'm trying to read more. Um, I love books, dark academia books, or I love enemies to lover tropes, or I want to read more black authors or Latinx authors, whatever it is. So you put that all in there. And in the meantime, your Goodreads import might be finished. It might not be. It takes around, for most people, it can take, it happens in about 10 minutes. Um, and so you might then, after you've done your survey, you're immediately taken to a page. So before we even have your Goodreads data, we give you high quality recommendations because of our reading preferences survey. Mm -hmm. So you'll then be taken to a page and you get to start browsing some recommendations. And throughout this time, you might get an email or you might notice that, oh, my to read pile is populated or, you're, you know, you might see that your stuff has been um, loaded in. So then you can go to your stats page and you'll be able to see like over all the years, what moods do I tend to, to read? Um, what kind of pace do I go for fast paced books, slow paced books? How many books and pages have I read over the years? So, the, so, so within about, you know, 15 minutes, you've already mm -hmm. got, a, a, um, you've already got some hopefully new books that you've never seen before that, that fit your taste and your preferences. You can see your stats. So you have an idea of a, a, probably a new way of talking about the books that you like. Um, and then you can go and start exploring like the community feed, see what people are reading in the community, put in your, your friends' usernames or emails if you have them and find them and start following them. And so that's like the high level of how you would get started. You know, very okay. quickly you'll have that kind of, um, experience and then in terms of 
you know, what the product is there for. We are there to be the place, the best place to track your reading and choose your next book. So we hope that, you know, we have a progress tracker and a reading journal. So hopefully day to day, as you read um, uh, a few pages of your book, you can come in and track it. And uh, we also have something that we do that's different is you can choose, set up a reading goal for the year to say, I want to read 30 books this year or whatever right. it is. Or you can say, you know what, I don't want to focus on the books because I want to make sure I'm choosing what I want to read and not trying to choose um, short books because I want to meet my goal. So you can set a pages goal. And so you can say, oh, I want to read 10,000 pages this year or what, whatever it is. And when you do that, when you come onto the story graph, it, you know, every day or every other day, and you say, "Oh, I've 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 just recently read, you know, um, twenty pages of the fifth season or whatever it is." Twenty pages will go up on your stats straight away. Um, and say you're reading a book and you're struggling to finish it, and you say, "You know what? I I don't want to read this book anymore." You know, we'll say, "Well, how far did you get? Forty-seven percent? Okay, that equates to two hundred and something pages." So we'll add that onto your stats. So we're really trying to give people like. The, the best way to really track their reading mm. track like what books work for them what books don't work for them um and most of the site is free um we've got custom there's so many features i can go into custom tags content warnings so okay. that you can say you can before you start a book you can say okay reviewers say that there's graphic mention of xyz i don't really want to touch that so i'm going to put that aside or there's a right. minor mention of this thing i'm aware it's not going to stop me from reading it but so there's, there's all those kind of stuff that we really go into helping you choose the best book and most of these all the features are are free mm-hmm. but um we're trying to be a profitable independent sustainable business look for as many years as possible that's our goal and so for that we we have to develop a business model and so because we don't want to i I feel like the best business is one where you can provide direct value to your users hence us launching the plus plan as opposed to going down a how can we get money from publishers or authors it's like, well, can we provide enough value to readers such that some of our users mm-hmm. will want to pay the, what is a $5 a month or $50 a year? So you get a bit of a discount if you pay it front for the year right. um, fee. And so with that, you essentially get extra personalization, um, it, it, almost an enhancement of, of our key features. So yeah. with the recommendations, on the recommendations page, you can say right now, you know my reading preferences, story graph you know what they are but right now I'm feeling like a funny horror book for example and we our machine learning system goes away and goes okay so you typically like these types of books but now today you're feeling like this we try and find you the best match and if you're a plus member you can do that as many times as you like whenever you want whereas if you're free you can only do that 10 times a month Gotcha. Um, we have our similar users feature where we try and show you other readers who um, read similarly to you. So you can, you know, expand your reading community or find new books to read. If you're a plus member, you can say, you know what, I read a lot of fiction. I'm trying to read more nonfiction. So I, I, I feel like memoirs might be good for me. So mm-hmm. let me go to the advanced similar users page and say, show me people who love to read memoirs and biographies, but they also have similarities to me. And we'll show you those people. So you can just start browsing their shelves and say, oh, this person loves all of my favorite fiction books, but they also read a bunch of memoirs. So maybe there's a high chance that we might you know, be similar and I'm going to take recommendations from them. Um, we have we have our similar books feature where um you know anyone can go and say show me books similar to this one but when you are a plus user you can toggle 
uh, what we call personalized similar books on and off. And a personalized similar books, we basically say, if there are themes or things that we know that you like in your reading from what you've told us or from what you've read, then we try and find, again, the overlap between books similar to this random book that you like but also this has got like wizards and dragons because we know you like that from your you know from your what right. you read in fantasy so um and there's a few other extra features like enhancements to do with the stats um you get to compare different time periods side by side so my january 2021 reading mm-hmm. how does that look in january 2020 like you can do mm-hmm. things like that Mm-hmm. um when you're a plus user um and so yeah there's just a whole little extra enhancements and we're always like we're, we're tweaking it um one of the really cool things that we have if you're a plus user is we have a public roadmap which anybody can see okay. at roadmap.storygraph.com so you can see what we're working on this week what what's coming up long term medium term and if you're a plus user, you can upvote, you can comment, you can file official feature requests. So we listen to, you know, people can, anyone can message us on Instagram, Twitter, any platform. But the roadmap just gives you a more formal way of publicly stating, I want this. And then other people can upvote that. I mean, we have we have over 180,000 users right now with, um, you know, 50,000 going on every month. So it's a lot of feedback. And so this gives us a way to say, okay, these people um, are like, really trying to help shape the roadmap and it just gives us a way to filter through a lot of the the things that we hear and that we do take note of Mm -hmm. um but it's just also a way for people who have paid to help us to um yeah just help like give us a bit more like focus um and then i guess the final thing about why we have the plus is i kind of said it at the beginning in terms of trying to be sustainable and independent but we want to we feel like the best product is one that you know there are no ads it is owned and controlled by us. And ultimately, if you believe in that kind of business and you want to support that kind of, you know, ad-free, independent business, then that's part of the value of, you know, paying for the software. And so we're testing, we're, we're trying to see right now, do enough people pay to help us keep going, to enable us to have the funds, to keep investing back into the product, to grow the team, mm. to, you know, to get extra expertise in different areas and to really take the product to the next level. Is it currently a, is there a mobile feature to it or is it just on the computer itself? So we do have an app, um, but it's what's called a progressive web app. We're not in the app store or the play store. And so people initially think, oh no, the StoryGraph doesn't have an app. Um, And it it kind of holds people back from um, using the product. Um, But what a progressive web app is, is a piece, piece of technology that essentially is a wrapper around a website that gives it app-like functionality when you save it to your home screen. Okay. And in particular, this is saving it to your home screen, not making a web bookmark. And we have instructions on our website. Um, if you go on the homepage and go to the footer, there's an app link there so you can access the instructions. But essentially, when you install it, you have a logo. It's in its own standalone um, window, just like any other app. Um, there's no address bar or anything like that. So it is, it is an app. It's not just a web bookmark, as some people assume when they start going through the instructions. Right. Um, but we do want to be on the um, App and Play Store eventually because it is just a discovery issue right now where it is hard to get this information out there. Um, and in fact, uh, the Play Store does accept PWAs as official apps. But the only reason we haven't submitted it there yet is because we don't want to launch on the Play Store and then for all iOS users to assume we don't have an app. And so we've kind of held off until we can get something in both the 
the Play Store and the App Store. And then we can just put this issue to rest. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we have an app. You do have an app. Okay. Uh, so how is all of this currently being funded? Did you receive a grant? How did, how did it all kind of come together with funding? So it's being self-funded, um, mainly by myself. So when I started, um, remember I mentioned the, the side project. At that point, I said a startup thing that I was doing before had fallen apart. Right. Um, and so I had, from a business prior to that, mm-hmm. Um, where it was more of a consulting business and the last client we had was a banking client, um, I had just saved a lot of money. And so I had five years worth of runway. Oh, wow. Um, So at the end, so I'd spent about a year working with a friend. And so that was one year down. So I still had about four years. And so I was like, hmm. And I've always been entrepreneurial. So um, I was like, I still want to do entrepreneurial things. So I'm just going to like work on some side projects. Right. So for the first, so the story, that was January 2019. So we're now t- 2021. Mm-hmm. So for the first year, I essentially worked alone. And I just, um, I mean, the expenses were really low because there wasn't originally a product. Um, so I was just like living off my money myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I hired, I also, there's always been ways. So I, I used to do a, run a personal recommendation service, which is where I thought the, the product was going to go. And money that from running a paid beta testing program and the personal recommendation service I started pulling like some hundreds of dollars which I then used to pay a woman named Abby who I hired to help me part-time do lots of admin because I was doing everything at this point building the product customer research manually adding books to the website and then um a f- um my a friend um got involved and he he's now my official like co-founder business partner okay um he got involved at the beginning of 2020 and he um was doing all the machine learning automation things that basically helped us to scale and when he got involved he started putting in um his some of his money as Mm. well and so um it's essentially a completely bootstrap business um i personally because i haven't earned um a paycheck in a while only so if you if you do the math i had five years two years when i started the story graphs two years later so i have two years left yeah um so um but we had uh so when we did launch the plus plan for pre-orders in october we had like 1400 people pay up front 30 bucks so that's given us more runway yeah but we now now that it's officially the first free trials now are starting to expire. So we need to see like, are people going to start converting so that we can have sustainable mm-hmm. like income coming in from the product itself? Um, so yes, yeah, essentially been bootstrapped on, up until now. We can still go for um, a couple of years, but we, it's not, you know, I'm not trying to run down my personal right. savings. Right. We need to see if this can be, we want, we want the product to support itself. Right. Um, yeah, so that's so self-funded for now. We have no plans to get investment. The The dream, like I said, is to be completely 100% independent and just provide enough value to users so that the money we get from subscriptions, we can use to keep the story graph going for many, many years to come. Right. Yeah. Wow. So cool. So and congratulations on all of it. And I do want to say Nadia is also a Black woman. So just like myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just so... Uh, proud of you. I don't even know you, you know, but I, but I see you and I see the work that you're doing and it's just so inspiring to see. So congratulations on all of it. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I recently did another interview and someone asked me like, 
who inspires you or what inspires you. And, you know, sometimes I'll say like my mom or any, someone who's on my mind. But what I ended up saying on this interview was like, you know, whenever I see like a black woman, like doing something awesome, like reaching their dreams or just like hustling or whatever, it's always like so inspiring, even seeing your work. You know, I was already following you and aware of your work before you reached out. And I was like, wow, this is so awesome what she's built by herself. Yeah. This, this large community, like encouraging people to read diversely read children's books like it was so inspiring as well oh thank you so much <laughs> oh and we didn't get to that question right so is your app currently only for adult book recommendations okay so we have all books on there so we have children's books on there oh, okay. um so you can so we have adult readers who like reading children's books or perhaps teachers yep. or librarians who need to find books to recommend to children so mm -hmm. they use the website so you can find children's books on there um but it's the website is not for children in the sense that you know we say i think be, below 16 years or whatever you have to have um parental approval um because we do have a range of other books on there adult fiction right um and certain genres that it wouldn't might not be appropriate for children to see and you know things like all the content warnings and all of that so sure, the yeah. site is for you know, teens upwards, mm -hmm. but we have everything from, you know, children's books upwards too. So like I said, adults have been using it for their children or for children they teach or work with. Yep. And I, I do see, I would love a future where we do do a specific children's spinoff where like, it's the same kind of concepts, but adapted for children. Right. Like that would be awesome. Yeah. You know, have the age ranges instead of maybe like the book size or something like that. Right, like, right, right. So yeah. There's definitely scope there, but one step at a time. One step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice for aspiring creators, whether they be in the tech field or just in the creative space? I mean, you've built this thing. And, you know, again, it's just so inspiring to see. So I'm wondering if there are people out there who may be thinking about like, oh, I want to create an app or, oh, I want to do this or do that. What kind of tips or advice would you kind of have for them? Mm, there's like different levels of advice, right? There's the personal side mm. and then there's like the more product technical side. So I guess on the more product technical side, if you have an idea, you really have to be prepared to listen to what people need and separate out what you want to build. Like what you want to build might be the thing and it might not be the thing mm. and if you want to be successful you have to be prepared to separate what you want so if I go back to the story graph story I just wanted this app but then I also realized I wanted to build something in the book space so I had to put aside this dream app that I'd literally dreamt about for years and just follow where you know where the research led me so right. if you have a feeling for something be prepared that what you end up building might not be that thing. Um, and so this is where knowing how to do customer research comes into handy. A book I recommend is The Mum Test because it talks about how we are so bad at asking people for feedback because we tend to lead with being very obvious about what we're working on and we're working on it. And people just want to be nice. So they often go, oh, that sounds great. So there's this, there's this technique called The Mum Test where you, it's so not obvious what you're working on that even your mom would end up giving you their honest opinion. So right. it gives you techniques and strategies for asking questions and figuring out pain points without revealing that you personally 
are working on something or what the idea is. So I really recommend that book to everyone. It's a tiny book. Okay. You can read it in an hour or so. And um, so I really recommend that. Um, and then the other thing is, yeah, try not to take things personally in terms of remember that um, people, you need to have a thick skin to just be able to say, um, hear when people are telling you something's not right or something's not working and you need to not take it personally and say this is the product that I'm working on this is not me and then I think you know before you even go into all of this I think you have to ask yourself why I don't think there's anything wrong in being like I feel entrepreneurial I feel like I want to put something out there you know sometimes people can say like oh what's the point or there's not a real pain point there I don't think there's anything wrong in that but you have to yeah have an understanding of why you're trying to create Mm. and and what it is and does this need to exist in the world and will you be like proud to stand by this and push this out there think about you know what are all the implications of what you're creating all these kind of things so um that's kind of on the product and ideation side and I think personally I think I kind of did touch on that with like don't take things personally but it's really honestly perseverance Mm -hmm. is so like, I know you probably hear it, but it's so true, really, really. When you think things are going, not going to work out, not you're stuck on something, you really, really have to persevere. Keep pushing through. You'll find it. You'll find a, a, a breakthrough. Don't be afraid to ask people for help. Um, when I say ask people for help, like sometimes people ask a lot. So I sometimes get requests for help. That's kind of like, tell me how to start my own book website and it's like (laughs) that's a lot that's a lot I mean it's not I'm a helpful person and I even feel bad sometimes when I have to go back to these people and say I don't have the bandwidth to do that right so you've got to like go to the right people go to people you're friends with you're close to that you can do ask be be reasonable with what where you're asking for help Mm -hmm. but don't be afraid to ask for it right um don't be afraid to show where you're confused or stuck and you need and you need some more guidance Mm -hmm. um and I think Really, you have to believe and you have to have faith. You have to be, um, the whole thing about being entrepreneur is like most things do fail and don't work out. So expect to pivot, um, expect that things won't work out, but just take everything as a learning opportunity and keep going. Like, I think there's this, you know, this saying that whatever 90% of people, you know, fail because they stopped because it's not the thing you're working on the current idea, the current iteration, that might not be the right thing. But if you keep going, you keep listening to customers, keep iterating, keep looking at the data, you will find something, you will get to something. Yeah. It just might take you, some people, it, it, they, they get it quicker. And some people, it might take you years. But if you stop, then you definitely won't make it. Right. I agree. You talked a little bit about the roadmap earlier for the story graph. Can you tell us some exciting features that maybe may not be already on the roadmap or if even if they are on the roadmap, can you tell us some exciting new features that you're going to be rolling out? Um, There's lots. I'm trying to think now, like what I think lots of the things that I'm excited about are kind of high level right now. Okay. So literally right now it says on the roadmap that we're doing a UX UI review. But, you know, I'm really thinking about how can we take the look and the feel of the site to the next level? Mm. Like, we have all these great features, but sometimes people struggle to find them or it's a bit awkward. And I just want the the app to feel polished, to feel like a joy to use. So I'm really excited to get to that point where everything, right now the site is pretty fast and slick in terms of, like, speed. But I just want it to be, like, 
as slick as it can be, as fast as it can be. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to do that polish side. And in terms of like, you know, we're all about choosing your next book. This is not really on the roadmap yet, but the vision is really like, once we get a sense of like, you know, people can do reading challenges on the site, you know, where they can, they sign up to things like the Reading Women Challenge or um, the Book Riot Challenge or whatever else is out there. And they're tracking the prompts they need to read to by the end, by 31st of December 2021, right? And they might have their own personal tag of, this is from the library on hold. And I would just love if we could just help make keeping track of like what you need to read and want to read in one place. So essentially we can kind of be the place where it's like, oh, you know, you're trying to choose what to read next. You typically like books with this kind of mood. And also, look, this helps you complete this reading challenge prompt or, you know, you have to take this back to the library in a couple of weeks. So maybe pick up this one. Just basically being able to just be smarter Mm. at kind of suggesting what to read next because we have a lot of stuff um, available. Something that I'm, I really, I'm looking forward to getting to is I mentioned we have content warnings on the site. Right. So the reason that exists, the reason why when you leave a review on the story graph, you can say this was graphic, this was moderate, this was minor, and we have like a set list of things and you can also add extra ones. Um, the reason we have that is because the vision is that in that survey I told you about mm-hmm. that at the beginning where you can say, I want to read more of this, I, I like this in a book, I don't like this in a book. We want you to be able to specify, I never want to read about X, Y, Z. Or, you know, I want to avoid the, these topics. Yeah. So we can make it even more personalized for you. Um, but the reason why we're not rushing to do that is because to offer such a feature, we need to be quite confident that we have enough of a backing of the data. And so we're still building up that database. But like, I'm really excited to be able to be a place where it's like, not only does the story graph have the best recommendations, they're like the safest for me, because I know that I don't have to read about this subject matter, which was traumatic for me, or, you know, it brings back a dark memory and dark experience that I've had in the past. Right. Um, so I'm really excited about being able to eventually offer that. Awesome. Yay. Oh, so exciting. Now I can't wait to go set set up my account. I'm going to, I don't, I'm not a user currently, but I am going to sign up for the story graph, get an account there. Now you said people can follow you, like you can find people and people can follow me or I can follow other people. So this is actually something that is a um it's something that people always remark on on the site and it's v- overall positively received but it's different to what people expect okay. so on the story graph we don't have any commenting okay or chat okay and you can't see who is following you so the whole thinking behind this was as we as i was developing the story graph and remember when i said that i was doing a lot of research and i was finding a lot of people saying oh i want a book that makes me feel this way mm-hmm. or that way Another pattern I was seeing were people talking about being burnt out from Instagram, from social media, from Goodreads, um, having to deal with certain comments or just notifications. And I just said, you know what? I don't want someone to ever get burnt out from the story graph. Mm -hmm. Like, I just just want to track their reading, have this like personal, cozy book home. And so when I was starting to work on the social features, I said, well, what if we just didn't have commenting and chat can we create a, a, a community feel or a social space without that and what if instead of being a place where you're just kind of you know keeping tabs on what your friends are reading and you know how far they are in a book right. and your, your notifications what if it was just a way to just have a, another place to go to to help you discover books and keep on top of what your friends are reading but in a, your own private way mm. so 
you can follow whoever you want to. They don't know. And the whole point is you can curate your own perfect feed. There's no pressure to say, so-and-so followed me. I need to follow them back and they'll see that I don't. Um, Also, you might, the way we set it up, remember I mentioned the similar users feature. You might decide, you know what, I'm not feeling inspired by any of these people on my feed right now. I'm going to unfollow everyone. And I'm just going to follow all these people who read, you know, horror books or romance books. Or just, I just want to get immersed in something different. Mm-hmm. You can do that. And there's not going to be anyone going, why has my followers gone down? Why is Shanae not following me anymore? Right. Like there's none of that, right? Yeah. So it's just, we're trying to create like a, also when you post a review, you don't need to worry about anyone commenting or questioning you. You can just like post a review and people can read it. We do have a um, a like button um because that was actually the the, the the like button was delivered before we made the product decision not to go deep into the social um side yeah however uh, we still kept it there because people spoke about how without it the community feed, feed felt kind of flat mm. and so this is a way to just say like interact with it a bit and also it is a way to discover new users because if you leave a five-star review for a book or something like that and you see people like it you might click on it and go oh, who's this person? And then click around and see their shelves and maybe you have things in common, but there's no talking. So something we are going to work on though is a way to um, find and invite your friends both in real life and online. So, you know, put in your email contacts, Mm -hmm. connect your Twitter or your Instagram. So you can find people who are on the storygraph already. And if they're not on already, you can say invite and then they'll get a nice little email and maybe you'll get notified when they sign up and you can choose, do I want to follow them or not? But you don't have to. to. Um, You just know they're there. Um, And we do want to be creative with how we do things like book groups. So there is a way to have a collection of people who have this shared space and then can track. We read this for our last book club meeting. You know, this is what we all thought. There are, we have ideas for creative ways to do community. Mm -hmm. That's just different. And as much as most people who go, why can't I see who's following or, um, I want to see, I want to follow my friends back or whatever. When we explain the reasoning behind it, the vast majority of people say, wow, actually, I thought I wanted, you know, to to be able to see who was following me and all this. But now I see the value. And we even have people who come back months later who maybe initially didn't like it, but now realize, oh, every time I go into the story graph, it's just peaceful. It's just my own little personal space. Yeah. I do what I want. I leave. I see what my friends are reading. I I, I look for a new book. I, I leave. There's no stress. Mm. And that that just makes me and, and the rest of the team very happy. Yeah, I love that idea. Oh, that, now that makes me even more excited to to want to sign up so i'm definitely going to sign up this week for my account uh but no pressure for anybody to follow me because i yeah i (laughs) i i love the idea of having this own my own personal space there so i i'm excited about that any closing words nadia that you wanted to say for anyone listening or just things that we may not have had a chance to mention um, I can't really think of anything. It's one of those things where afterwards I'll probably say, oh, I should have said this. Yeah. But I guess if you've listened this far, thank you so much for listening. My DMs are always open via um, the Storygraph account, the.storygraph. It's me on the Twitter, on the Instagram. It's me that's basically responding to everything. So um, if you have any questions, any comments, any ideas, um, DM or publicly message and I'll respond to you as soon as possible. Like I'm always open for conversation. Um, I'm always open to feedback. Um, 
critical, positive, whatever it is, it's all, particularly the critical feedback, it's what helps us to keep getting better every day. It's, I absolutely, I love the positive comments we get and those always warm my heart and they will always be invaluable and incredibly appreciated. Mm. But it's really with the critical feedback that we can have a chance to go to the next level. So if you try it, something's tricky for you, it doesn't quite work out, let us know. That's like the best gift you, that you could give to us, really. Yeah. Oh, such a such an inspiring story. I love the idea of the story graph and congratulations again on everything that you're doing. I'm excited to keep watching your journey and thanks again for being here. Thank you so much for having me and for giving me a chance to talk to your audience about the story graph. Of course, everybody go sign up, go sign up for your account, story graph, give it a try. If you want it on your phone, go to the website down at the bottom. You said, right, there's the, there was a link there that has the instructions on how to, how to use it on your phone. If you want to do it that way, I'm going to sign up for an account and try it out and see, see if I like it. I'm sure I will. <laughs> yes. And stay tuned because in the next few weeks, I'm focusing on UX and UI. So like the look and feel is going to get better. So people already love it as it is, but I want to take it to the next level. So yes. stay tuned. Best wishes. Thank you so much. Yep. And now it's time for your 30-second book review. Meet Zeri Ray, a Black biracial girl who has a Black mom and a white dad. She is always ready to try new challenges. Well, most of the time. When her best friend Jessie asked her to join a ballet camp, Zeri isn't too thrilled about the idea, but she can't let her best friend down either. What will Zuri Ray do to handle this dilemma? This delightful and charming story may inspire readers to be willing to try new things, but also remind them to always remain true to themselves. This one is recommended for ages four to eight and up. Publishes June 15th, 2021 from our friends over at Harper Kids. Check out the picture book, Zuri Ray Tries Ballet, written by Tammy Charles and illustrated by Sharon Sordo. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next time where I'll be chatting books with author and publicist Nakia McLean. Nakia has been featured in Black Enterprise Magazine and is often referred to as a PR maven. Now I want to hear from you. What books are you reading? What books are you interested in? What books are you on your must read list, especially for this summer? You can always let me know by sending me an email, hereweareadpodcast at gmail.com, if you care to share. If you enjoyed today's show, and if you feel inclined, please be sure to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And if you'd like, you can leave me a review. Until next time, my friends, keep reading. Thank you for listening to the Here We Read podcast. 
Music by Emily Arrow and DCQ Beats. Produced by me, Sharnay Gordon, with Switch and Board. Editing by Switch and Board. Switch and Board.